Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation about the mundane to help you, our listeners, find your way to sleep or relaxation. And I just want to say, start off, you might be wondering why this show when we just had one on Wednesday. Well, I'll let you consider that and I'm going to let you take a drink because you feel a bit mouth noisy to me. Amanda brings in a glass of water with a lot of ice so it clanks away. In my defense, this is slightly melted ice. Okay, so there I just want to start the start this episode off by saying I understand that there were some very loud ads that we had in the mid part of our episodes and at the end of our episode recently. And uh, thankfully, our listeners reached out to me and said, the ads are too loud. They're waking us up as we're falling asleep. Was that for all markets, Marco? That was for the U.S. market. So it seemed like, or at least that's what I heard. The response I heard were all from U.S. American listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're listening in another part of the world and you're hearing really loud ads in the middle and towards the end of the podcast, um, please let us know. But I've removed all those ads. I've asked the the partner that we work with, Acast, to please remove those ads because I can't determine if they're loud or not for the different markets, Amanda. I only select the type of ad that can be played. Which, in your defense, was a mat- a sleeping ad, <laughs> ad right? Like yeah. a ma- I think it was a mattress, right? Yeah, I think it was a mattress ad. And so I said, like, anything to do with sleep, you can advertise on our show thinking that it would be calm and relaxing and they it turns out this one particular sleep ad was loud and disturbing people so I apologize for that they have all been pulled you may hear some ads at the very top of the show of course we're using those ads to make revenue so that we can continue to have the podcast on and uh, you know just to help us with the costs that are associated with this podcast. So you will no longer hear mid-roll or end-roll ads unless I am reading them. I told them I'll do sponsor red ads or host red ads because I can determine the volume of that and the pacing of that so that people oh, who, are, who are mid, sort of mid-drift off won't be disturbed by them. Mm-hmm. So that's I just wanted to come out and say that to the, our listeners. Hopefully I haven't lost listeners who are really turned off by it. And, and if it disturbed your sleep, I apologize. But I have received some beautiful emails from people, Amanda, saying that they love the show and that those ads were just a bit jarring that brought that to my attention. Now, Amanda, you are joining a gang of some sort. A, I, a, I am a, joining a gang. A motorcycle gang. And I'm actually right now trying to figure out the etymology of the name of my new gang. Uh, I think it's a gang, right? It's We're allowed to say gang. I don't know about that, but it's not quite a gang. I also want to mention this, Amanda, before I forget, okay. that if you've downloaded episodes previous to today's episode, those downloaded episodes may still have the ads on them. 
So you might want to delete those and re-download them because now they won't feature the ad. But if you downloaded them as of yesterday, they may have still had the ads in the middle and at the end. So that's the only other sort of clarifying statement I want to make. Okay. So I have recently joined a gang on Facebook, uh, and the name of this gang is the Piper Doves. Now I'm trying to, I have not partaken in any of their activities, any gang-related activities as of yet. I, I feel like I'm being a bit coy with the word gang, but I think that is what it is actually called. It's a group of people, right? Yep. And in this case, a group of, uh, I think, females, female-identifying people, which are females, and um, and they're called the Piper Doves. Now, I'm trying to find the etymology of the name, and I, I know... I did see uh, the etymology of the name, and now I'm just oh. trying to... I'll let you look that up as I drop my pencil here. Amanda's joined this Vespa riding gang. So it's a bunch of uh, women who are... Or ri- scooters. Oh, scooters, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, scooter riding women in the Toronto area. It's just in the city, right, Amanda? I think so, yeah. Okay. And they ride their scooters around, and they're women, and that's their thing. So I thought, well, that's me, and I have a scooter, so I'm going to do that. But now I'm trying to figure out why they're called the Piper Doves, and I know, I I know I've seen it um, somewhere on this group, but I can't find. Well, it. I'll let you look for it. It's something Piper. Uh, I gotta find it. Amanda's gonna look for it. While she's looking for it, I also want to mention we got a lovely review. So, apart from you know all the feedback that I got with regards to, um, you know. The loud ads. I also got a lovely review, and I'm really grateful for it. And it's from uh, Jay Electra, and she called and she writes favorite podcast five stars. So already, after a day of being very upset that these these ads were waking people up, um, this this really picked up my spirits. So thank you, Jay Electra. I'll just read you the the review. It says engaging yet relaxing, thoughtful and fun. Marco, Amanda, Nidhi, and guests became my friends, quote-unquote, through the pandemic pause. Thank you for sharing your talent, creativity, amazing network, and many hours of companionship with the rest, with a restless world. So I just want to say this. Thank you. First of all, thank you for that lovely review. Secondly, we have had so many people listen to our podcast because of the pandemic, and we never mention the pandemic because nobody needs to hear more about that. And but everyone's living it in their own way. Right. You know. And so we try not to we we don't mention it, but uh, I mention it only because it was referenced in in the review. But thank you if you're just listening just to have a friendly voice talk to you about things that hopefully don't bother you. Right, Amanda. Mm -hmm. So thank you for all our new listeners who have joined in because of what's going on in the world. All right. Enough of all that. Since I'm giving a little bonus episode here. We will just get into it, and now you can sort of not worry about us talking about everything that we spoke off the top of the okay, show. Okay, here we go. So somebody wrote, I found it, not sure what a Piper Dove is yet, but I'm Heidi Kitten. And so they wrote, Piper is the word for a scooterist, somebody on a scooter. It was a Piper. It's a Piper, okay. yeah. And Dove is a pacifist or bird. Okay. So um, it's the idea of a peaceful gang. I see. And that's what I have joined. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. Speaking of birds, I know we mention Wingspan all the time. One of our listeners said they got into Wingspan. 
and their family loves it. Mm-hmm. And that makes me so happy. It makes me happy, too. And uh, maybe we'll do a round of Wingspan tonight. Yeah, maybe we'll tape it and I'll put it on the oh, Patreon episode. Okay. Uh, like put it as a Patreon episode That's so people can, can watch us. Watch Playing us. some Wingspan. Yeah, can we film it and put it up? I. What do you mean, can we? Like, Shall we? Or yes. Perfect. Okay, yes, we'll do we, that. we certainly can, I think. All right. I uh, I love Wingspan because I love that it's a 40-minute commitment. Right. That'll just rezone me, put me in a nice place, allow me to just think about birds and facts about birds and sure. strategies, but, you know, in a simple, soothing kind of way. Well, it's interesting. We always we seem to, this season, talk a lot about Paris, Ontario, and we were there last weekend. <laughs> it's the official city of the season. I, I guess think. so. And, you know, anyone listening who's from Paris, you have a beautiful, you have a beautiful city, a beautiful town, I guess you would say. I don't mm-hmm. know if it, if it really qualifies to be a city with regards to population. Yeah, it might not be an actual city. But I have to say, any any place that has a, a river running through it is beautiful. No doubt. And we got to stay at that hotel that we mentioned. Have we not talked about this? We've yet? talked about the hotel, but we weren't able to stay there. So we actually stayed at the hotel. Oh, I didn't realize we haven't unearthed this. No, so we'll describe what happened when we went to this lovely <laughs> okay. hotel. So it's an old hotel from the 1800s called the em- Ambassador. No, I'm just going to let you try to find it in your brain. I know um, what it is. No, uh, I'll, I'll tell you. It's, it's the Arlington. Arlington. The Arlington. But I wanted to see how many versions of the hotel name. Uh, why do I want to say Ambassador? I don't know. Okay. Well, it's the Arlington, the Arlington Hotel in downtown Paris, it Ontario. Is. It is right at the. There's a light, the four and a, and a crosswalk that is quite a. It's called the Barnes Dance qu- Crosswalk. Yeah, because it can go in every direction, including diagonally. So I kind of love that it's called quite the, a crosswalk. They call it a dance, and if you haven't experienced one of these crosswalks, all the lights, so the floor lights, will be red, and you can walk in every direction, including diagonal, during that particular quote-unquote dance diagonally diagonally yes yes. make it a proper adverb Mm -hmm. we had somebody actually reach out uh about the uh the grammar that we were talking about oh and correcting me no just saying how um that uh, i'll look it up in a moment they're like you know it's amanda's right with the grammar or something i'll I'll look up the exact (laughs) quote um but uh so you you do that little farmer's dance or what was it called barnyard dance it's someone's name. It's oh. Barnes Dance. Barnes but I dance. like Farmer's Dance. <laughs> yes, you just spin your partner around the crosswalk to get to the other side. How great would that be if you could do a square dance as I mean, you cross? You could. Again, can or may. Two different things. Sure. You can do a square dance across the road in Paris, Ontario, if that's what you your heart chooses mm-hmm. for you. Well. Anyway, listen. you cross the crosswalk. And you get to the hotel. There it is. Yes. And... Every room is themed with a particular author in mind. And then they've they've jumped away from that theme only a few times f- for filmmakers, right. I think. I mean, Stanley Kubrick might be an author. I don't know. I, 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 I don't Leonardo know. Leonardo da Vinci, I suppose, made some books. So there's a few that you're like, okay, I don't know if that... But whatever. I mean, be a stickler for the authors. But most of them are authors. Sure, sure. We're by, there with friends. By the way, author is one of the words that I always have to um, put through my mind. Because like, otherwise you'll say Arthur. Well, because I think I'm saying it wrong because of right. being a Bostonian. There are mm-hmm. words that you just learn to say, 
I guess, wrong, quote unquote. And author always sounds like I'm saying it, like it should be Arthur. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, so we're, we're excited to see which Arthur we're going to be, uh, <laughs> whose, whose room we're going to get. And our friends get their room, room first, or we go to their room first. And I think we should mention that mm-hmm. it's Halloween weekend. Yes. This was last weekend. So. so Amanda's really hoping her author is going to have some sort of... I wanted something that would lend itself to a Halloween experience, Halloween spooky weekend. So some of the options would have been the Mary Shelley room, for right. example. She wrote Frankenstein. Indeed. Or um, even like... The, the Brothers Grimm. The Brothers Grimm, Sir Arthur. There we go. Arthur. Not Arthur. Not uh, Arthur. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle, right. who wrote Sherlock Holmes. Even right. kind of has a bit of a suspenseful... Um, you know, Feel. Halloween vibe. Or um, Agatha Christie was another one. She wrote a lot of mystery books. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other um, spooky rooms. But anyway, there were a few. Sure. Uh, Stanley Kubrick would be spooky in its own right, sure. I suppose. So, However. <laughs> we go to our friend's room, <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt and Mel, who have been on the show. And they open, they use their hotel key, they open it. And as we pry open the door, all excited to see their room. It reveals that the room is... We see a raven and then a dark blue paint on the walls and all these etchings, and it's the Edgar Allan Poe room. And we're pretty excited because, as you mentioned, it's Halloween weekend, so this is really... A perfect... I mean, there's a raven in it, like a perfect, spooky, eerie, Halloween-themed room. On point with the weekend that we're looking to have. And Uh, so we're very excited, and there's, like, quotes on the wall that he's written and little black frames with little black cutouts of... Him and there's the telltale heart. There's a frame of the telltale heart. There's a, as I said, huge frame of the raven. Um, so those type lock and key, right. those types of things that'll lead you to pose mostly poetry or short sure. stories. So very spooky. And and the thing too is Edgar Allan Poe, I believe, was a New Englander. Anything from, um, you know. Uh, whether it's Sleepy Hollow, New York, which isn't technically New England, or anywhere in Massachusetts, um, you know, obviously Salem, but anywhere in Massachusetts, we really love our our fall, right? So spooky, Halloween, into Thanksgiving, those types of things. So I'm hoping for, again, Mary Shelley, maybe Emily Dickinson, another New Englander who wrote some actually quite eerie and sad, sad and lonely, but also eerie poetry. So maybe that would be a nice spooky experience. Um, you know, Halloween kind of that eerie, somber kind of thing. Very excited. And so we turn the key and we are greeted with Maya Angelou. That was our room, Maya Angelou. <laughs> so not spooky not in spooky any way, at shape, all. or form. Empowering, in fact. Yeah. And, um, it had various photos of her life framed on the walls. She had quite a life. I oh, learned a had, lot about her in she, that room. It was great. And it, above the bed was the poem. Uh, I believe it's called Still I Rise or yes. maybe it's just called I Rise. I think it's called Still I Rise or it looked like it was Still I Rise because it was. Uh, I mean, she's, Still I Rise is the refrain in the right. poem. And it's a beautiful poem and it was written over the bed. Um, but also pictures of her as a singer in her youth Pictures of her political activism over the years. Uh, obviously, pictures of her with Oprah, who was a big, big supporter and proponent of her work. And, and friend. Yeah. And friend, yeah. yeah. Uh, so just b- some really beautiful and empowering uh, photos, poems. And uh, and it was 
decorated it in sort of a 1960s vibe sure. a little bit. Sure. So you felt like, you know, maybe you're taking a rest from a march that day. Right. Like it had that kind of vibe right. to it. Like maybe you were in Memphis or Dallas and you've now, you know, this is your little, uh, you know, middle America room. Sure. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Um, not Edgar Allan Poe, not that experience no. at all. So not the Halloween experience, but, you know, but an experience nonetheless. Yes, lovely. And then we had the opportunity to see other rooms because we did. We happened to run into two really lovely people who a, were like a very wonderful woman who was cleaning the rooms and seemed very happy to show us some rooms that we really and proud peaked. of the hotel. And and let me tell you, they were amazing. Yeah, so we saw some amazing rooms. Which was your favorite? Uh, Alice in Wonderland actually kind of oh, really? the Lewis Carroll room kind of stood out to me. Um, I liked the Oscar Wilde room. Seemed very interesting. Um, how about you? I really liked the um, Stan Lee room. Oh, yeah. That, I thought that was a cool room. And the er- Ernest Hemingway room was my favorite. Hemingway which, was a great room, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I would like that room mm-hmm. based on photos I saw online. And then when you see it in real life, you're like, oh, this is a really cool room. I actually think it, the online photos didn't do them all justice. I agree. Because you don't get to see the the view from those rooms. And, mm-hmm. it, and like we said, it's right on the corner of the main street. And so you have really awesome views no matter where your room is. Apparently, in the Edgar Allan Poe room, it had a spooky history as well. We got a little extra tour. Um, spooky yes. goings on that had happened in that room. Yes. So, you know, and different people have different feelings about those types of things. But I, I quite love, I like to dig into that in, in October and even November. I enjoy the, the spooky fall. There you go. So that was our trip, our weekend. Yeah, and we got to see the basement, which was really, it was just a really neat hotel. Which, you know, it's smart because it could just easily have been a chain hotel or even just a kind of nice older hotel with no real character other than the fact that it was a bit older. I've been there a while. So they're very, very smart to do what they did. Um, And I know there are a few. There are a lot of hotels that do this. I know there's a big one in L.A. called the, um, the Madonna Inn. Oh, I didn't know yeah, this. Yeah, and every room is themed. I oh. heard about this. And uh, there's also one in Chatham, Ontario that I don't think it's all authors, right. but it's um, themed rooms anyway. Yeah. But I but but being somebody who loves to read and being somebody with an English degree, I have to say I love the fact that they're all, they're all authors. And then being a Virgo, it the only thing that kind of uh I'm kind of stuck on is the fact that there's a few that aren't maybe technically authors, but sure. whatever. Anyway. Um, we've been talking a lot about hotels because we talked about the cool hotel in Ottawa, the Swiss hotel we oh, went yeah. to. If you have an interesting hotel in your city or you've been to an interesting hotel, let us know. Send us a mm-hmm. send us a word on Instagram if you have photos or on Twitter or however you want to reach us. We'll be happy to know more about cool hotels because I would love to stay in more interesting hotels. Well, and also, um, you know, there is something to be said, and I think this is something you and I have really kind of played with and discovered in the last two years, that sometimes the city or the place is the destination. And sometimes you can't go to the city or place you want to go to for various reasons. So finding a landmark or an experience like that. I mean, Paris, Ontario truly wasn't a town that we were like, gotta go there. Right. Um, and the only reason we did go there was because it was called Paris, so we were being a bit cheeky, I guess. 
in the fact that we thought, okay, we're going to Paris for Valentine's Day, even though we had no idea what it held or what there was to do. But once we discovered that hotel in Paris, kind of by by a fluke, then um, then it became this whole experience. Let's all go with our friends and stay at this hotel. And truly, the big part was the reveal. What room will you get? And how will that determine your experience? Sure. And I kind of love the idea of going to one of those hotels with some creative friends and each of us having to write, you know, a story in the style of that author. Oh, cool. Or a, a treatment for a series in that author or whatever it is that you or, or, or a painting inspired by. I mean, you know, just something creative because it's such a each room is such an homage to each of these people and their lives. I just think what a wonderful experience. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know. One of the things I love, too, is, you know, how you mentioned the, the authors and the theme mm. of that and how, you know, you're a big fan of you're a big fan of reading and books and whatnot. I am. You have, you have a book club. You're in a book gang, I guess. You I am say. in a book gang. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the book club was something and I've talked about it on the show, something that I did um, for me, for my personal kind of development and mental health because I felt like I had a lot of the same friends and I it's harder when you're older and I'm in my 40s you know where you want to expand your circle of friends and I just thought what an you know what a way to do it and through books it's so interesting because I'm working on this podcast called getting lit with Linda mm -hmm, with, which is an excellent podcast with Linda Mora is the host and it's a Canadian literature podcast and I don't read Canadian literature and I do. And you do. You love Canadian literature. And actually, some of your recommendations I've mentioned and are going to be um, on the podcast mm -hmm. in the future. But I digress. So Linda talks about these books on the podcast. And I, I feel like I have a connection to these books, even though I haven't read them. Mm -hmm. And so I get to experience them through her sort of conversation of how they intersect with her life. Mm -hmm. And so I've been... Uh, you know, really fascinating and been looking into a bunch of books that were mentioned on the podcast. And it's interesting because I'm a producer on it. And I recommended a book for her to read. Mm -hmm. Hadn't read it, but I recommended she read it. She read the book. And it was a um, book that really she had to put down sometimes because it was a very powerful book. And so it's funny how books are really connecting me through podcasting. And then today I listened to a podcast and it had a poet on it. And the poem that she reads at the end of that episode is so wonderful. The podcast is called Stories from the Land. It's an indigenous podcast. And it's, um, you know, a series of collection of indigenous community sourced stories and uh, told told by various people. And this particular episode called Bush Love and Powwow Snags, uh, Geraldine King reads a few of her poems and, you know, the content can be not for everyone because it's strong and they have some sexual themes. But her last poem about the birth of her son was so powerful and so wonderful. And I recommend this uh, podcast that deals with stories called Stories from the Land. And I just because I'm a bit confused. So if any listener uh, has re similar reference points as me. Isn't there also something coming out with, by CBC, a documentary called Stories from the Land? It could be. I don't know if it's if it's Linda posted about it. That's okay. why I'm wondering. No, I think that's about authors. You can take a so quick look. So there's two things. So this Stories is a podcast called Stories from the Land. Oh, I see. Okay. And um, you know, as as interest, you know, it's it's. Um, I just discovered it uh, this past week, and. Um, 
turns out I actually know someone who's who's involved in producing it or who who started the whole uh, podcast up called and his name is Ryan McMahon and I've known him from when I started doing comedy in the city mm-hmm. and then you know your lives sort of intersect and then they go they they go in a different direction and then they meet up again and so I saw him at a webinar he was talking about his podcast and I was like oh I'm going to check it out and uh then this powerful poem sort of really struck me. So I really enjoyed it. I really recommend it. So I figured out my confusion. Sure. Writing the Land Writing is different. The land. Okay. Writing the Land is a documentary series celebrating Canadian literature to air on CBC Gem. Okay. That's Writing the Land. CBC Gem, by the way, for those who are not uh, Canadian, is I think you can get it anywhere. It's a streaming platform full of Canadian content. I believe it's free. It's and you have a show that's on CBC Gem. I do have a if, – hey, listen, if you're on CBC Gem and you're like, hey, I need some new shows to binge, Canada makes some fun and funny stuff, then since since you led me to it, I'll, I guess I'll plug the show that I'm on, which is called Overlord and the Underwoods. It's a family show. It's very fun, and I play a quirky teacher on that one. Mrs. Pressburger and is my name. <laughs> I'm in the second episode, apparently. haven't uh, done a deep dive yet, but yeah, – so. um, yeah, writing the land anyway is, and there are a lot of wonderful Indigenous authors as part of that as well. That series, okay. Um, but Stories from the Land is what you were talking about, which is an amazing podcast that I'm really excited to check out. Yeah. Well, we're going to actually end this episode now because you and I have to get to Ajax, we're Ontario. We're going to drive across the land. To Ajax, Ontario, because I have to get an MRI on my foot. So. Well, okay. <laughs> That's a lot of detail. But well, I thought, hey, let's make a fun afternoon out of it, and you and I will take a road trip to Ajax. That's right. Who doesn't want a road trip to Ajax? Well, the person who's getting an MRI on his foot. No, it'll be fine. I'll be fine. We'll Are have you... a coffee. Sure. We'll see the fall colors. It's true. It's not that far. We're making it like it's really far. It's maybe an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, it'll take a while, but uh, it's a suburb of Toronto. But It's uh, not a suburb of Toronto. It certainly is. It's more of a suburb. Like, it's further than a suburb. What? Okay, hang on. What's What are suburbs of Toronto if Ajax is not part of that group? I don't think Ajax is a suburb. I think it's its own sort of thing. It's a suburb of Toronto. Scar- so what's past Scarborough? Scarborough is part of Toronto, Right, Mr. but after Scarborough. Pickering. Pickering is a suburb of Toronto. But so is Ajax. Mm, okay. Well, I don't know what your definition... If it, if it has to... I think in your definition, if I'm understanding correctly, the suburb has to touch the city limits. Yeah. Like it has to border the city on one side. I think so. See, I don't think so. Okay. I, well, let's see what our listeners think. Because then Orangeville you could consider as a suburb no, of Toronto. It's an, that's very far, Marco. Okay. That's well, very far. Is Oshawa a suburb of Toronto? I See, I would argue it is. but oh, I you would? Yeah. No. Really? No. See, you and I have different ideas. Of what the suburbs are? Yeah. What's a suburb of Fredericton? Well, Fredericton's small, but Nashwaxis. Okay. <laughs> Since you asked. I'll, con- I'll, con- I'll concede there. <laughs> what's a suburb of Boston? Where I lived, Hanover. And okay. that did not border Boston. That's why I think of suburbs as, like, the whole South Shore would be considered suburbs of no. Boston. So then yes. Hyannis is a suburb of... No, it's on the Cape. That's okay. Cape Cod. Okay. But anything prior to that, Norwell, do you want me to start listing them? No, Brockton, we Pembroke, have, We have a Norwell, whole episode where... Situate, Marshfield. We, we have a whole episode with your father. Cohasset. Where he talks about all these, <laughs> all these suburbs. Okay. Well, thank you for listening once again. 
Um, let us know if you hear anything that is uh, jarring on the podcast, and if I can correct it, I will. Until then, I hope this episode brought you some peace, tranquility, and maybe some sleep. <laughs>